Hello, I'm Alison Hurd, and I make no excuses for giving you an extended World Music Matters podcast this week with our guest, singer-songwriter Glenn Hansard. He's a star in his native Ireland and has a growing following here in France too. So much so, he wrote and recorded his new album, This Wild Willing, on a residency in Paris in the summer of 2017. This song, I'll Be You, Be Me, was the album's first release. Your hopes of bonnie snare Traps me in the evening Cut me hanging in the air Now I'm swinging from the ceiling The big, noisy and, let's be honest, polluted city of Paris is a far cry from Hansard's native Dublin, a fairly small harbour town half an hour from the mountains. When Hansard came into RFI studios to talk about the album and play live, it turns out he not only adapted to the change of environment, but found new inspiration here. It was an influence on my, on my writing here, and I felt a freedom here that I hadn't felt for a while in Ireland. Uh, and a kind of an anonymity that I enjoyed. And, uh, and also, you know, Paris is really, it's sitting in its juice, you know. It's a very old city with a lot of history and a lot of layers of history, a lot of artistic history. And so I feel in Paris, you know, you can really put your hand into the sky and pull out a line. If you're in the right headspace, it's all available to you. It was an unexpected gift, to be honest. I got a, a message from the Irish Cultural Centre here in Paris granting me a, an artist's residency if I wanted it. And it was very exciting for me, you know, I, the thought of going and spending some time in a city that I don't know. I came here, I took the opportunity, I decided I, what I would do is I would, I would use it as a discipline. I would wake up in the morning, I would write between 9 and 11, I would go for a walk, I would come back to my room, and I would really use this time right between three and five, and I would stay with the words and I would stay with the writing. And my time here was very surprising for me. I spent the first few weeks alone and I met with some amazing people. I met Nadia Janet, who's a wonderful, she's an anarchist and she's, she's a very, very powerful thinker and filmmaker. And uh, I also met with uh, Francois Lecoq from the Lecoq School of, of Movement and Mime and James Thierry, yeah, he's uh, Charlie Chaplin's grandson. Right? That's right, Charlie's grandson, a beautiful man. Uh, and, and I fell into company that was really inspiring for me, actually. Uh, and so I, I got to meet the city intimately because these guys are Parisians, and so they know, they know the city so well that I got to, to meet the place in it. And it really helped the writing of my record and also the French music, and I was tuning in to, to FIP and to other stations that I, I found an old radio in a, in a skip. And uh, I found some great stations, some classical stations. and uh, What stuff you're saying that you can't get in Dublin? We don't have that in Dublin. No, we don't. We, Dublin is an international city, but it's also quite colloquial. And, and, and Dublin does feel like a parish. Ireland still has that sort of sense of it's still a small town. And we don't have that as much, I don't believe, that sort of super broad-minded radio, you know, and musically, do you have the breadth of music that you can get here in Paris? We don't. And also, it's something that I really admire in the French is that you really enjoy French music. 
I mean, I saw a busker today busking Charles Aznavour, George Bresson. You might have been and doing it for the tourists. No, but no, but no, but absolutely, absolutely. You turn on the radio and you hear the chanson, you hear it, and you walk into restaurants and, be, you know, of course, there's a tourist element well, to it. Well, you know, there's quotas. They have well, to play a certain amount of French music. They have to because they want to. Whereas I, in Ireland, they have to play a certain amount of Irish music, but they don't. Because for some reason, Ireland, we still look to England and we still look to America mm, for our cultural, yeah. you know, cues. Whereas what I like about France is it looks to itself. And I admire that. That's all I'm saying. Some of the best music in the world comes out of England. Some of the best music in the world comes out of America. I'm not disputing that. But I do love a country that, that pays respect to its own. Love is a language you can speak so eloquently And I've never heard such a melody as when you address me For some people singing is a mask and for some people singing is, is, is an effort to strip away the mask. It really depends on what your intention is. And another thing I love about France is that you realize very quickly that it's all about intention. You know, the melody is fine, the lyric is very important in France, but the, it's intention. That seems to be what people respond to. Uh, and so with my own music, I suppose I am always trying to strip away the mask of what, you know, the, the acting, if you like. You met a group of Iranian musicians. Yes. And they play percussion on your new album. You've got the daf and you've got different kinds of lutes. Tell me how you came to meet them. I met Puya and Mani and Nima Koshlevish at a party uh, which was put on by my Dutch... Uh, I have a Dutch soprano friend who was over here writing a book and she invited me to the house and she said, I've got these Iranian musicians, I think you might like to meet them, they're wonderful... And uh, it was fascinating to hear them play and to hear them play gazals and, to, you know, they were really wonderful. And after a while, I took out my guitar and I, I risked a new song and I, I played and they began to play along with me. And it was transformative. They really tuned into what I, I was doing. And I was really surprised by how familiar the accompaniment felt. Uh, I'd never played with Persian musicians before, but there's something in Irish traditional music that, of course, is influenced by the Moorish tradition. Um, even Scota, who came up from Egypt, and the, you know, if you look at the history of, uh, of Ireland, it's, it's hugely influenced by North Africa. And so it was very familiar to me immediately, and I, I felt really connected with it, but except some of the notes were slightly different. And I asked the three brothers if they wouldn't consider coming to the studio to record with me. And they agreed, and so I booked the studio and went in. And, and then we went into a flow, and I invited some experimental uh, electronic musicians who I know from Ireland to come. And then I knew that I was dealing with a very uh, a band that I knew not how to control, and that, that excited me. drums which maybe resemble the daft of frame drums we have a drum called the bowron and it's it's basically a goat skin pulled over a wooden frame and the daft is exactly the same except it has uh, small percussive uh, bells attached to it so it gives it the sound yeah an incredible instrument and and really it 
sonically it creates this huge space in the middle of a song and it can sound like clouds coming in it's a really uh, any instrument that can sound like weather is really a beautiful thing the sound of clouds the mind boggles <laughs> song which actually concludes the record is called uh, Leave a Light which I wrote uh, in tribute of Danny Sheehy my poet friend who, who died on a boat unfortunately a couple of years ago So you're leaving him a light with that, with that song? For his, it's a song really for his family and for his, yeah, for his people and Leave a light on in your lonely window And the heart Felt welcome in your eyes From far away On the deep black ocean You're the one I'll come back to find And we'll say goodbye To the long And farewell to all we've left behind And leave a light on and come out of the shadows You're the one I'll come back to find And sing the song that your mother taught you Of the gypsy heart that never rests And wait a while for the arms that once held you And pull them close into your breast and say goodbye to the long cold winter and farewell to all we've left behind and leave a light on and come out I'll come back to find Glenn, you said that it was in tribute to a friend of yours, Danny Shi, who died. Was this all part of the Camino yeah. uh, trip that you did where you rode from Dublin to Santiago de Compostela in the north of Spain? Yeah, there was a boat trip that uh, I was very fortunate to be part of. The trip was made in a traditional Irish curragh or a traditional Irish navogue with the West Kerry fishing boat, a small rowing boat from about here to the door. It's quite a small boat. Uh, and four men rowed from Kerry to Dublin and from Dublin to Wales and from Wales to Brittany and from Brittany to San Sebastian and from San Sebastian to Santiago. 
A Coruña and then by land to Santiago. And it was an incredible trip. Uh, and so Danny was involved in that? Danny was the captain, yeah. The leg that I did, I was part of, was five weeks long across the north of Spain and uh, rowing each day. and Six hours a day, right? Well, six, sometimes six, sometimes ten, sometimes twelve. Depending on the weather, sometimes there was no good harbour for another five hours, so we would keep going. It was inc- an incredible trip where you realise on the water that the, the sea is the boss, you know. You just have to completely respect the ocean. Uh, and each night we would pull into small harbours. And, you know, what was really wonderful on the whole trip, nobody showed a passport to anybody. It was a very interesting, a very old world uh, experience. And the rules of the boat were no money, no beds and no complaining. And so each night we would come into the harbour and we would sing songs. It was a wonderful, a really wonderful experience, like a, living in another time. If we're gonna make it Cross this river alive You need to think like a bull And go with the tide Know where you've been has really left you in doubt. I've ever found in a harbor, I figure in the south, and you're going. All the help you can get So lift up your arms now And reach for it And reach for it A lot of your songs seem to talk about water. The song of Good Hope. Mm-hmm. You say, if we're going to make it, cross this river alive, we need to think like a boat and go with the tide. Mm-hmm. You're very connected to the sea? Well, I grew up close to the sea. Um, I grew up in Dublin, which is a, which is a harbour town. Uh, and so the sea was always, whenever we wanted to get away from the panic of our day-to-day, a trip to the sea was always a very calming thing. And so I suppose... From a very young age, going there with my with my father, and you know, it was a very powerful metaphor for the great unknown. You know, the the water, the sea. My father always told me the sea is completely indifferent to us. That if we if we're not careful, it'll swallow us, and it won't even notice. And so there was a kind of a sense always of the sea being this wonderful uh, sort of reality, but also something not to be trifled with. So I guess yeah, it's been a it's been a huge part of my vocabulary as a, a vernacular as a songwriter, and um, and actually I've met, had to make some efforts recently to try get away from singing about that particular idea as a metaphor because you know we can you can you can draw on the same well too much to come back to water. It's just some rivers and streams in between you and where you wanna be. Glenn, you, you've said that musicians like Van Morrison, Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan and Tom Waits have perhaps had the biggest influence on you as songwriters. Mm-hmm. But what about the Canadian singer-songwriter Joni Mitchell? It's not just because she's a woman, but no. she is 
one of the greats, is she not? And you, you played uh, for her 75th birthday tribute at the end of last year. I play, actually played at her 70th birthday also. She, she invited me to come uh, to Toronto. And I think I may have been one of the only non-Canadian singers at that gig, which, which was a huge thrill for me. Um, no, I've been a long, long-time fan of Joni's. And what was interesting, and what was interesting about the challenge to was to mainly stick to her jazz period. And this was really interesting for me because, you know, I'm a huge fan of Hissing on Summer Lawns. But also, I, I asked if it was okay to do Coyote, and she, which she was very happy about, because that's, like, I adore that song. No regrets, Coyote. We just come from such different sets of circumstance. I'm up all night in the studios, and you're up early on your ranch. You'll be brushing out a broodmare's tail. For me, even being near Joni's music in this way made me a better writer because I could, once you get inside of a song, once you actually sing it, you begin to see the shape of the lyric and the, you begin to feel the the essence of what she's trying to do rhythm, rhythmically also in the song. Uh, and an incredible experience. And I got to spend a couple of days with her um, during that time. And she was an incredibly generous person. She gave me a lot of advice. And uh, there's one story I was telling her, and she said, I like that story you're telling me, you should rhyme that. And I said, wow, what, what, what an interesting way of putting it. And she said, well, that's what we do. We're songwriters. We rhyme our lives. And I thought, I've never heard it put so succinctly so plainly that that's what we do which shows just the mastery of her gift you know that she she'll take a normal mundane day-to-day -day thing and she'll turn it into a song just rhyme it you know amazing now he's got a woman at home he's got another woman down the hall he seems to want me anyway why'd you have to get so clumsy leave me on that way you just picked up a hitcher a prisoner out can I ask you a very personal question, if I may? You've mm -hmm. had a, a turbulent life and you've told stories about growing up and the difficulties mm -hmm. and, and dropping out of school and taking up busking at the age of 13, glue sniffing, alcohol problems, <laughs> you're, you know, playing on your, your uncle's guitar when he was in prison. In terms of what you've revealed yeah. over the years, you've had a tough life at times. Mm -hmm. um, how would you say music has helped you with all of that? Has it been your saviour? Well, what I would say about all of that is that my parents were young. They were young lovers, and they were young when they had us. And we were, uh, you know, we were part of the reason they stayed together. So it was quite turbulent, is what I would say about that. I think, in my experience, what happens to children when, they're, when, they, when they feel like they're kind of in the way a little bit is that they slip into the imagination and, and that that becomes their, uh, their world, how we deal with things. And so for me, uh, the parents that I was born to is one thing, but the parents that I chose would have been people like Bob Dylan. And, you know, I would have decided that these were the people that actually I looked up to and these were the people that I, I, uh, I gravitated most towards. And so for me, at a very young age, I was thinking only about music and it was the only thing that mattered to me. So everything else was, you know, in a way put aside. 
And the imagination is a very powerful thing because it, you know, every part of my body set sail towards a destination, and that destination somehow was the stage or was somehow the work of these great men and women that I that I admired. Um, and I was also lucky that I had a, a school teacher who who saw me and who who understood maybe the yearning that I had. And he cut me a very good deal. He let me go. He said, you know, you're, I can see that you're very serious about following this path. So I'm going to give you a head start. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to let you back in. And if you ever want to go back to college or anything like that, you come to me and I'll make sure we can make it work. So he was a very good man and he's still a very good man. He's still a good friend of mine. He's getting older. The year is colder. Gotta lean a little closer now. Hear what he so you said music was all that mattered to you when you were growing up at yeah. age 13. Is that still the case? Is it still the most important thing in your life? No, it's not, actually. And it's taken me a long time to get there. You know, now I'm in a place where uh, music is, is very, very important to me. But no, love is important to me and family is important to me. And, you know, everything has, has come up to a balance. You know, there's a, there's a sort of a sense of I love doing this and I'm very, very happy. But uh, if, if it ended tomorrow, I would live on and I would be fine. Glenn Hansard, it was great talking to you. And I must just say uh, thank you to Eve, an Irish friend and journalist with dark curly hair who suggested I reach out to you, and I'm so glad she did. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Eve. Thank you. And will you wait for me to come home?
looking out for him the best I can. 